It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is happening? Welcome to the Locked On Pistons podcast, your episode for Friday, January the 29th. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say that was the biggest win of the season. This is your boy, Matt Shook, the host of the Locked On Pistons podcast, a sports writer here in Detroit City covering sports gambling for PlayMichigan.com, a Pistons fan and follower my whole life, just like you guys, and a sports newspaper reporter for over a decade as well. And I'm Brother Brian, and I'm riding AMC to the moon. Thanks for listening. Thanks for spreading the word about the Lockdown Pistons podcast today. Of course, we're breaking down Thursday night's big win against the Lake Show here in downtown Detroit. We're also going to ask the question, hey, are these Pistons sneaky decent? And is that maybe a bad thing or a good thing? Uh, we'll just we'll figure that out a little bit later. Also talking about another marquee matchup for the Pistons this weekend as they are headed out west and also who you might be watching on the college circuit this weekend another name that could get pistons fans excited as well but give me a follow on twitter at matt underscore shook s-c-h-o-c-h another underscore for that also the locked on pistons twitter account and check us out on facebook at locked on pistons dash matt shook give a follow to the play michigan account at play underscore michigan and speaking of things to get you excited give brian a follow show contributor extraordinaire brother brian b shook 12 on twitter he is here it's fridays with brian What's up, my man? Well, I guess we'll find out about 9.30 tomorrow what's going on. Market open. Oh, yeah. There's uh, all sorts of angst around <laughs> Wall Street, but uh, I'll tell you about Woodward Avenue. There is not angst tonight. Mm-hmm. We are happy in Pistons land, and we normally throw it to a recorded version of Brother Brian telling us about the recap, but we're going to kind of do that on the fly since we have him right here on the Zoom call. So 
Brother Brian, start with the details for us. Well, Detroit really did take it to the Lakers down the stretch, winning 107 and 92, going away over the defending champs to go to five and 14 on the year. And you know, uh, anytime you get the Lake Show, it, it it takes you back to 89, it takes you back to 04, just good times all around. Yeah, and compared to the other night in Cleveland, the Pistons really cleaned up taking care of the ball. They had 22 turnovers uh, in Cleveland and last night. They only can committed eight and they really clamped down on defense in the second half. They held LeBron James just two points and the Lakers is a team of just 34 points in the entire half. The Pistons scored 34 points in the first quarter. Yeah. I mean, just, just the way that they clamped down in the second half and, and early on, I think there was one turnover at halftime that they had ended up with eight total. And then the defense takes over LA kind of uh, throws in the towel at some point, but that's what happens with good teams at home uh, against teams on a back to back. You get it kind of, at some point, they kind of cave and they look ahead to the season. I mean, there's a 14 and six team uh, in LA. They're going to the playoffs. They're going deep in the playoffs. Everyone knows that. But uh, nice for the Pistons to be that team that stomps on the neck and uh, doesn't let a team breathe. Yeah, it was the best game they had closing all year, I think. And Detroit was led by Blake Griffin, kind of a throwback game for him. He picked up, uh, picked a big night to have a big game against a big opponent. He had the best game of the year. He scored 23 points. He was 5 of 10 from deep, and he handed out six assists. Plus 24 on the night, too, as well. James Edwards of The Athletic Friend of the Show uh, said that he had some hop in his step at the uh, during the layup lines and everything. I think that was apparent early you know, he still doesn't, he still looks kind of old as he's running up and down the court, but he's getting the job done and uh, nice. To, the back-to-backs are good for the team. You get him a little bit of the rest. You get some minutes to some other guys, keep him fresh, uh, 35 minutes for Blake. Uh, no complaints tonight, but uh, just uh, inspiring to see him play so well. I think the way he came out early probably set a tone that uh, helped some other guys maybe overcome the fact that, holy crap, we're actually playing against the LeBron Jameses of the world. Yeah, speaking of coming out early, Wayne Ellington did it again just like that. He doesn't seem to be of this earth as he contributed or continued his scoring ways, uh, scoring 20 on six of nine shooting from deep, extended his franchise record to seven consecutive games with four three-pointers. Yeah, the numbers are getting ridiculous as far as the lists of records that he's setting. He's passing those franchise records of more than four three-pointers made in a game consecutive. Um, Just a a ridiculous run that he's on right now. Saw on Twitter that uh, 40 of his last 67 from three, which is just a shade under 60%. I don't know how he can't shoot 60% from three, but maybe after Saturday night that'll get back up to over that, uh, what's that, three times the Mendoza line, 60%. Mason Plumlee got another double-double tonight, 17 points, a team-leading 10 rebounds, and he also completed a nice and one on a seemingly excessive flagrant one foul from uh, KCP. Yeah, that was the play of the night. I think I had to actually, like, was kind of, that was part of the game where I was a little bit zoned out. I think it was the third replay, or maybe the second replay, the third time I actually saw the play, where it occurred to me that he actually made the shot. Like, I was just kind of like, oh, wow, the KCP, and I'm just watching that part of it. Maybe I'm looking at my phone, whatever I was doing, and it just kind of didn't occur to me. It was like a hard foul, you know, I watched the replay of that. It's like, oh, he he made that, too. Like, it was just a, a great from Mason, and again, uh, you want your veterans to kind of set a tone and uh, for him to, to get that, to knock that shot down and, uh, you know, kind of punk the Lakers in some ways. Like another guy we'll talk about punking the Lakers a few times in his own way. 
uh, just kind of sets the tone. And that's the, that's the, the, the culture change that we've talked about all year here. Yeah. And joining those three in double digits was Jeremy Grant, who was a, one of three Pistons with six assists. And the other two were Blake Griffin, as I said earlier, and Delon Wright, Grant and Derek Rose, who came off the bench, each had 14. Yeah. And, and, uh, Derek Rose contributing a little bit too. You wonder if he's, uh, going out to these games against contenders and maybe doing a little bit of a tryout for some of these teams, possibly talking about, you know, the LA Clippers as being a team that might be mentioned as a, as a suitor and the New York Knicks as well, given that, uh, you got uh, Tibbs there coaching the Knicks too, but uh, all those veterans, you know, particularly uh, Delon, uh, nice floor game for him, eight rebounds as well. And just the way that Ellington and Wright have played, I, I know it's all tongue in cheek to talk about Isaiah and Joe and, and Chauncey and Rip, but uh, as as much as we thought the veteran backcourt and Killian when he was in was just going to be uh, a, an issue, guards in general for this team this year, and Derek Rose off to a, a tough start for his standards. Those guys have risen their level this last week plus, and uh, particularly Ellington, obviously, and, and right to to his credit too. But uh, a formidable backcourt right now for the Pistons. And Isaiah Stewart, he had an active eight point and six rebound night, mixing it up with several Laker players as he was quickly showing himself not to be someone opponents necessarily enjoy playing against, and that is a very good thing. Yeah, Montrez Harrell and Markeith Morris, uh, they're of the same lineage, right? Markeith Morris, we know from his Pistons days last year, is a guy that it will fight you, right? I mean, it's one of those competitors in the NBA. You can see why a contender would want him. Uh, a real pro, too, when he was here in Detroit. And Montrez Harrell, if you listen to this show, you know I have an affinity for him. One of those tough guys that would fit right here in uh, downtown Detroit as well. But for Isaiah Stewart to look... You know, it's one thing to the LeBron James going toe to toe with him a couple of times and uh, and and talking crap with him at the end of one of the uh, periods there when LeBron misses a shot, trying to take it uh, to Isaiah Stewart. That Isaiah is not afraid to talk to first of all LeBron James, but also like kind of the noted tough guys in the NBA. And it's not surprising we've seen it from Isaiah Stewart with Demarcus Cousins and Dwight Howard in this past week and really all season when he's been out there. But just a tone setter that. Uh, that kind of thing is really valuable and it's making up for the fact that, and he's got ways to go in his game and how to expand and how to become a, a better player, particularly finishing under the basket. You love to see him uh, explode and, and dunk some balls every now and then, but uh, those things hopefully will come. But the fact that he's out here one third of a season in and looking Markeith Morris and Montrez Harrell in the face and saying, get out of Detroit is something that I know fans love and we love to see it too. For the Lakers, LeBron James had 22, but only the two points in the second half, but he did complete a double-double with 10 assists while he also grabbed seven rebounds. Yeah, he couldn't miss a shot early and it looked like it was going to be curtains pretty early for this Pistons team. With the way that LeBron was playing, you thought, oh, you know, like the Pistons are keeping up for now, but how much of this is going to keep going and the second unit comes in and stays with them too. And just the, the fact that they went shot for shot in the first quarter and into the second quarter. Uh, and like I said, a team coming in off a tough game last night against Philly, uh, traveling on the back-to-back like that. Uh, Pistons kind of fold up shop early in Cleveland last night. That uh, it was obvious that there was one team that was going to be ready for that second half, and that proved to be the red, white, and blue. Another Laker to grab a double-double in, you know, to put a damper on things just a little bit for half a second. It was without Anthony, wasn't there due to injury. But another Laker to have a double-double was Flint native Kyle Kuzma. 22 points and a team-leading 10 rebounds, while Dennis Schroeder also scored 10. 
Yeah, good thing AD wasn't there for his sake because because uh, 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 I know Isaiah Stewart would have had something for him too. So let's just let's just pretend that uh, Anthony Davis sat out that game because he uh, uh, was afraid of Isaiah Stewart. He knew what was going to happen in uh, those tough sh- shoving matches under the basket and going for rebounds of him. Uh, Anthony Davis has heard all about Isaiah Stewart, wanted no piece of him, and is sitting out and ducking him, and that's what happened tonight. <laughs> and Detroit covered the betonline.ag plus seven-point spread while the under came comfortably in. Detroit heads out west for five, starting in Golden State on Saturday night with a 10 o'clock start in a game we're going to talk about later in the show. This has been your Pistons Game Recap. Yeah, so 5-14 and 14 right now, kind of on the Fridays with Brian. Maybe we'll fool around with the Pistons recap live, reacting as we go here. But uh, moving out of the cellar in the Eastern Conference as Washington at 3-11, and 11, the 214 winning percentage is now in last place. And the Pistons actually climbed past the Minnesota Timberwolves, too, who are 4-13, and 13, the worst team in the Western Conference. And I've talked about how you know, it'd be valuable thing for the Pistons to be the worst team in the NBA. That is not the case right now. But up next, we're going to dive in a little bit more. Are these Pistons sneaky decent? Is there signs that maybe we're talking about a team that's not one of the bottom two or three teams in the NBA? We'll talk about that next. It's coming up here on the Locked on Pistons podcast. But first. Hey there, it's Bang the Over Brother Brian. And if you're tired of gambling on GameStop and AMC, have I got some news for you? Come check out betonline.ag. There is only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Well, the big game's just over a week away, and we're going to update you on some of the numbers that you're going to need to make smart betting investments for that game. Kansas City is a three-point favorite over Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Kansas City money line is minus 167, while Tampa Bay is plus 147 in a game number of 56 if you want to bang the over and be rooting for touchdowns all day with that game. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Yes, sir! The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcast. This is Matt Shook host of the Locked On Pistons podcast, joined on Fridays with Brian, as we are every Friday, with Brother Brian, talking about the biggest Pistons win of the season, off to a five-game road trip out west. But the awkwardness of this season continues. We've talked about it in a few different contexts, but is it another awkward layer to throw on this that, like, hey, uh, you know, there's a whole lot of season left, obviously. Are the Pistons going to win more games than we expected? Is this a team that could possibly rise up in the Eastern Conference a little bit, get even close to that playing game at some sort of best or worst case scenario, however way, way you want to put it. I mean, as we sit here, the Pistons are three games behind the Chicago Bulls who are in the 10th spot 
in the Eastern Conference. And the teams ahead of them, uh, you expect a Toronto to maybe knock one of those teams below. But Chicago, Charlotte, um, and then Miami will certainly raise up at some point too. But uh, Atlanta falling down, the Knicks falling down, Cleveland falling down, all possibilities. Is this team, Brother Brian, better than maybe we gave them credit for uh, sitting here at 5-14? and 14? Uh, where that's that's really bad, but uh, they look pretty good sometimes. Well, we're going to find out a lot about them on this West Coast road trip here. This is the first time they're going to be on the road of any significant amount of time first, for the first time this year, and there's going to be two back-to-backs in there. So we may be singing a different tune here in a week or so, but the way they look tonight, not to be a prisoner of the moment, and it was one game that the Lakers are coming in on a back to back on the back end of a back to back after a tough loss without Anthony Davis. While it's a really nice win and everybody came together and played really well tonight, this is still a team that is not going to be the most talented team every night. And they're going to start seeing teams A for the second time this year that aren't going to be surprised by some of the things that the Pistons have to throw at them. But I guess working in against that argument is the second half schedule, which hasn't been released yet, is seemingly going to be easier than the first half. I can't imagine the NBA is going to be much tougher on the Pistons than they have been already with the back-to-backs. But, you know, I think that'll play a lot into what their win-loss is going to end up uh, looking like at the end of the year. Yeah, you talk about being a prisoner of the moment and, and Blake Griffin having a little hop in his step tonight. I think the whole team was just like ready to have some kind of win. They're sick of losing. They're 10 games under 500 coming into the night already. But listen off those wins. At some point this season, we're going to get to a point where we can't just name every win off the top of our head, hopefully. But we still can do that with Philly and Miami. And then you had the Lakers tonight. You had uh, Phoenix and Boston. I think I Boston, named, yeah, yeah. The yeah first I already one. named uh, Miami. So, so the, those are two teams. Those are five teams that I would be surprised if those five teams don't make the second round of the playoffs. Now, mm-hmm. certainly there could be uh, Phoenix. Maybe doesn't fulfill the the expectations. There's some injuries in the East, or Miami never really gets it together. Whatever. But uh, certainly teams that you expect to be in the mix for things. But you wonder if this game propels something in terms of confidence in the fourth quarters, confidence in closing games. Now, if you're like me and the, and the tank sounds pretty good and and uh, lots of ping pong balls and not falling out of the f- top five, maybe top six or top seven on a worst-case scenario, uh, this five-game West Coast trip will, will bring this thing back down to earth in, a, in a kind of a crashing halt as you know the Pistons could play well and lose all five of these. Uh, I, I hope and kind of expect that you get it together and win at least one of them. It's, it's a bummer for a team to go on a five game uh, road trip and, and drop all of them. But uh, I guess it, like you said, a test for them to see if they're real or if this team can kind of come together for better or worse, the awkwardness there. But I think the trip comes at a good time for a, a lot of different reasons. However, you want to kind of see this, this thing go as a fan. Oh, of course you get to leave the city on a high of your biggest win of the year. And the thing that really stood out to me, this game in general, because I think the intensity was higher than usual coming from the Pistons, which always played a high, you know, I've never questioned their intensity, but playing the defending champs, they just came in with a natural uh, buzz about them. You could feel what I really picked up on was how much uh, each of these guys on this team have each other's back. Uh, They're still running over to each other, picking up, uh, you know, picking each other off the floor. Uh, Every time something doesn't go right, a bad pass, a missed shot on the way back, you see the teams acknowledging, Hey man, we got you. It's all right. Like you can tell this team really likes each other. And there's an energy about this team 
and a cohesiveness that I think uh, is really good. Now, unfortunately, you're going to rip apart of that hope, you know, on one hand, hopefully at the trade deadline and, and, you know, trade some of those pieces in that are making up the fabric of this team, which will also, I think, make the team uh, less competitive going down the wire as you lose pieces of this, uh, depending on what you're getting back in return. But I really like the energy with this team. I think uh, they've shown that they can grind through some frustrating times and some frustrating losses and still come out playing hard. Um, there's been very few games and you know plays where they're being out hustled or outworked by uh, by anybody they've played this year. So. I think that this team's scrappy. I still think that the wins are going to put them in the bottom two or three in the NBA. Yeah, this team's just fun to watch right now. Yeah, and I think like you make a good point about it. it seems like they're good dudes, right? And the, the locker room seems good. We don't know. We don't have even the reporters aren't in there day in and day out because of COVID these days. But if you want to be optimistic or pessimistic, I don't know how to how to phrase it these days and get back down to earth. Not only is their road trip coming up, but Blake Griffin, we know that he played great tonight but we know that we've come to expect that there's probably going to be more down nights for him physically than up nights at this point. We want to see the up nights. Those are great. Uh, Jeremy Grant's start, um, not to say that he's not turned a corner as a player, but I don't expect his next 20 games to be like his first 20 games in terms of quality, and that's not a knock on him because he can still be very good and not be as good as he was in these first 20 games. And, of course, Wayne Ellington. Um, there's no world where anyone knocks down 60% of their three pointers. And you would expect actually, uh, you know, he's not even really a 40% shooter throughout his career for, for most seasons. So this is a guy who's going to regress some and that's math and that's fine. And is he's an older guy, he's 33. So the legs might go a little bit later on in the season. Unfortunately, uh, that might be around the time of the trade deadline. We'll see how that all works out. And if you're a Pistons fan, you certainly want Derek Rose and Wayne Ellington to play well for as long as possible because this is the showcase and these guys need to show that they can help teams uh, later on this season. But even more importantly, fifth win for the Pistons. So I was right in the, uh, they, they still get to, they could get to six with one more win against the, uh, the golden state warriors technically in January. And uh, they were robbed of one game against Washington. So it could have even uh, got to six or even possibly seven if all things work out. So I won the, the little side bet between me and Brian, but we're going to look through the DMs that we had from Lockdown Pistons early this January and see who guessed five or six wins based on how things go on Saturday, and we'll figure out a way to get a box of built Bars to one of the randomly drawn people who had that guess from a little contest we put together earlier this year. So good stuff all around. Good built Bars couldn't be any better than that, too, for some lucky listener of Locked on Pistons. But up next, the college game to watch this weekend and also the Pistons schedule, what to watch for out west. Brother Brian's going to tell us all about that. That's coming up next here on the Lockdown Pistons podcast. But first, Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. You know it by now. I know it every single day. I'm, I'm at like two a day now. I'm not going to lie to you. Sometimes I'll get it in the morning and then I'll get one back in the afternoon again. But the improved Built Bar is even more delicious than the old ones, if you can believe that. 18 amazing flavors right now. You got the nut and the non-nut flavors. You got six new ones. You got caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. They're not even really that new anymore. You should know them very personally, very biblically by now. Add those to the 12 OGs, flavors like banana bread and peanut butter brownie. These are damn good. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. And all that said, 
they're still healthy. They're great for the health conscious guy. You lose or maintain the weight while indulging in a delicious treat. You got to get back out there pretty soon. We're all going to be seeing people hopefully sometime in 2021. What a glorious day that will be. The bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for the keto diet, wherever, whatever kind of modern diet you're trying, the built bars will slide right into that. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on all one word. And you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On the Rejecting the Screen podcast feed right now, hosts Adam Stanko and Noah Kozlov are honoring Kobe Bryant's life and career with a two-part special podcast event. Hear stories you haven't heard anywhere else about Kobe from teammates, opponents, coaches, and journalists. Get both parts by subscribing to the Rejecting the Screen podcast feed after this podcast. Host Matt Shook of the Lockdown Pistons podcast with Brian Shook. As you guys know, Brother Fridays with Brian. Brother Brian, where were you when you found out that Kobe passed almost uh, a year ago and change from now? I was at a bar. Uh, and me, I was sitting there. Me too. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I was and I was sitting there. And it, it was, you know, the football, it must have been conference championship games that were coming on. And just before they started, somebody else who was at the bar had said that, uh, you know, on his phone, like Kobe had been killed. And I thought, well, my phone would have been blowing up if that's true. So I don't think that's true. But then about 10 minutes later, it was pretty much confirmed at that point that it was true. Yeah, TMZ had it first. I was the one that broke the news to a huge. We were at a birthday party, Rochester Mills Brewery, and uh, like twenty of us and kids and stuff like that too. And um, I had to break the news to a bunch of my friends. And you know, it's TMZ, so you're not like a hundred percent sure, but I guess you are these days. And just obviously a strange day and one that you'll for our generation. Unfortunately, we're like piling on these days. You'll <laughs> you'll never forget where you were, kind of things. And and that's just how. It's been going, but uh, better times. Pistons uh, in Oakland, I guess in San Francisco now. It used to be Oakland. Now they got the mm-hmm. new arena in San Francisco. What's up with the uh, the trip out west? Well, the five and fourteen Pistons will embark on a five game West Coast road trip. First, trying to get their first winning streak of the season in Golden State in a rematch of a game in Detroit back in December when the Warriors won 116-106. to 106. Wayne Ellington will look to continue his scorching shooting clinic he has put on the last seven games and Mason Plumley with his mini double-double streak. Yeah, I mean, uh, we haven't talked about Mason Plumley yet other than the one shot he hit. Uh, the turnovers were crazy on Wednesday. I think he had eight of them. Yeah. Um, but uh, that, that the, the passing has been an asset for him. I was thinking early on in this Lakers game, I was like, okay, this is a real NBA team you're going up against tonight. I don't know how much backdoor cutting and these really nice backdoor passes that that Plumlee feeds. I wonder about, like, does that kind of stuff play against like actual good defensive engaged teams? I wonder about that. Like, I, I don't think you see a lot of, like, backdoor cuts and, and defenders falling asleep come playoff time. Well, unfortunately, the Pistons won't have to probably worry about that for a couple of years, but uh, it's like a nice developmental tool to have him. And of course the professionalism helps. I get why he's here, 
Um, but Plumlee's playing well right now. I, I kind of noted that last year with those ba- or last uh, uh, game with those backdoor passes that at the beginning of the year they worked out very very well for him. But as of late, it seems like you know maybe he's depending on it a little too much or trying to force those sometimes when they just aren't there. I've just noticed that the last couple of games and that contributed to more than two or three of his turnovers uh, in Cleveland on Wednesday night. Uh, yeah, it's on but- tape now. The, the scouting report is out. That's for yep, sure. Yep. So the Warriors are coming in after losing to the Suns last night, 114 to 93. And they're led by former MVP guard Steph Curry, who is averaging 28 points with six assists. Yeah, I think it was right after the game in Detroit when he blew up and had 60 plus uh, a couple nights later that uh, it kind of silenced all the, the quote unquote critics out there. Curry's a weird one just because we obviously we know how great he is. He's one of the generational players that we have right now. I guess that's kind of a, a misnomer to say one of many generational players right now, but uh, somehow polarizing. Like I think some people don't quite give him enough credit and it's probably the Durant stuff and we can go on and on about that, but uh, just nice to see him kind of uh, getting back to form after he wasn't quite there last year after the injuries. Um, you know, it's, it's not a great Warriors team right now, but uh, obviously interested to watch the rookie out there too and curry is joined by andrew wiggins rookie james wiseman kelly Oubre jr in averaging double digits yeah so uh wiseman uh like you mentioned there uh he's out of the starting lineup right now it seems like it's interesting because we talked so much about about Lamelo and and anthony edwards and uh, james wiseman coming into this year and it was like the first month of their careers all of them showed like all the good stuff right they, they showed like the upside stuff and they were on Twitter and they were on Instagram and there were all these quick little highlights of things they could do. And everyone was like, and, and some people were taking victory laps on, I thought these guys would be good or I thought this guy would be good and nobody else did. But now it's like all three of those guys have kind of in the last month or last few weeks, like Wiseman's out of the starting lineup. James Borrego is out in the media talking junk about LaMelo Ball and his turnovers and why he's not getting more minutes because of that. And Anthony Edwards, I mean, that team – is what we thought they were. Unfortunately, they're four and thirteen. They're not playing any defense. Uh, it's a mess in Minnesota right now. I know they've had some injuries, but the defense that Edwards and Russell and Towns don't have is exactly what they don't have. And uh, so, not to say that the these pendulum has swung, and we should all say that these three guys are busts. But I think we're getting a little bit more of the full picture, the good and the bad with all these rookies and we'll see how Wiseman handles coming off the bench and what it's uh, like for him in a little bit of a reduced role, maybe the first pitfall of his young career. And the betonline.ag info for this game has not opened yet, but follow Locked On Pistons on Twitter to stay updated uh, with that information. This game tips Saturday at 10 p.m. from the new Chase Center on Fox Sports Detroit and 97.1 the ticket. I believe the Pistons, they're one visit out there last year was during that uh, Seku stretch where he was outstanding his first couple starts in the NBA uh, out there. And we'll see if Dumbuya out there, maybe in, in San Francisco has got a little bit of uh, special memories uh, playing against some of these top flight teams. He didn't do all that much against the Lakers, but uh, looked active, looked like he was kind of engaged, which is always a good thing for him. But uh, speaking more about the future here, Brian, always on Friday, giving us the rundown about the college games to watch. Let's talk about the the shining star of the NCAA right now. Yep, we're finally giving you permission to watch this guy. We're going to the Big 12, and it's time to check out the big ticket prospect of this year's draft, Mr. Cade Cunningham. But I waited a while and picked this game in particular because he's going up against another freshman guard that is a lottery talent in the six foot six inch Moses Moody. 
for Arkansas. This is a good game between two good teams. Uh, Arkansas is 13 and four Oklahoma States 10 and four. Neither of them are ranked, but are fighting obviously for postseason bids. And you're going to have these two guards going up against each other. Moses Moody's is like I said, a six foot, six inch, 205 pound guard who's scoring 16 and a half points per game, grabbing six rebounds. He's 36% from three. So, you know, it'd be a nice guy to see Cade go uh, up against there. If they're ever matched up against each other, too, you can see it one on one. He's just Kate Cunningham is just so smooth. I'm excited for people to get a to get a look at him. Uh, just commands the game, commands the floor. I just love a guy who snaps those passes, right? Mm-hmm. Seeing and I know that Marcus Gasol is washed right now, but just to see him snapping passes to LeBron and back and forth, I'm like those guys trust each other. They have great ball skills, um, and Cade Cunningham's one of those guys who just snaps those passes. He's confident about everything he does. He's the coolest guy on the court. Uh, it's a joy to watch him play. And uh, like you said, going up against Arkansas will be a nice little indication. Every year, and, and, and Oklahoma State's not a very good team. That's why um, it's a little bit tough for him. There's a little bit of a Ben Simmons and LSU thing going on there. But every year it's like, uh, other than like the, the LeBron James type of years where it's known who's going to be the number one pick, there's always some kind of little bit of ebb and flow. And there hasn't really been that. I haven't heard anyone serious or, or draft folks that say anything other than Cade Cunningham will and should be the number one pick. So this is the guy for this class, barring something unforeseen and Mobley and Suggs and Green. And these guys we talked about are nice. And uh, by the way, the uh, the ignition team uh, sounds like middle of February, we're going to be able to see that G League team mm-hmm. playing in some of those games. So that'll be good for content here on Locked on Pistons when we when we'll need some, but uh, Cade Cunningham, he's the man, and uh, be sure to check him out. Yeah, six foot eight inch. That size is so nice. He's just forty three percent from three as a freshman. He's getting six boards, four assists. Yeah, you should really definitely check this guy out if you haven't already. The consensus number one overall pick. That game, Arkansas at Oklahoma State, is on Saturday afternoon at four o'clock. You can watch it before you tune into the Pistons or take your nap to tune into the Pistons later that night. And. Uh, yeah, it's on ESPN2 at 4 o'clock. Yeah, that should be good. A nice time there as you're uh, maybe doing the cleaning up or whatever you do on a Saturday during the pandemic. I guess it's your business at this point. But definitely 4 o'clock, watch those uh, Oklahoma State Cowboys take on the Razorbacks. Big 12. I used to live in Big 12 country. Good times over there. And the Pistons, uh, like 10 o'clock start, is that right? On the yes. Saturday night, taking on the uh, Warriors. First of uh, five. You got Monday and Tuesday back-to-back and then another back-to-back. After it was it kind of strange, they got two days off, which you don't really see on a West Coast trip too often, that uh, Wednesday, Thursday off, and I think they got Friday and Saturday after that with Phoenix and the, the Lakers, I believe. So then you get uh, Utah or uh, Denver and Utah on the Monday and Tuesday. So it's exciting times, and, and you know, uh, it, they, they set themselves up in position where even if you're on Team Tank, it's nice to get a win every now and then. Always nice to beat the LA Lakers. I know that they're going to be licking their chops, for a rematch with Isaiah Stewart. Uh, I'm already excited for that uh, about a week or so from now. But uh, it's been a great 5-14 and 14 season, and I know people on the outside laugh at that, and there's a part of me that laughs at that a little bit too because we want winning teams here in Detroit, but it's going to take some time with this franchise. And this has been, uh, I know it's 19 games right now, but the, the 20 scheduled games that they've had, uh, a success however you look at it so far this season and it's been kind of a, it's been a fun ride so far here on Locked On Pistons. But that wraps up this edition and this week of Locked On Pistons. I'm your host Matt Shook. He is brother Brian. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On Tigers. 
Check out Chris and Locked On Tigers. Talk to you guys on Monday. You're more built by than human at this point, aren't you? Right. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.